For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 130 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Oh boy, and we go- are we glad to have Will back. He had to have a week off yeah. last week, as happens from time to time. And yeah, uh, we're here to ring in the new year with you guys. Woo-hoo! Last podcast of the year. Episode 130. 130th sode bruh listen to your 130th sode bruh does that mean we're up for syndication <laughs> yeah yeah i guess I, I i know back in the day it was like 100 episodes that's why shows would have such a big deal about hitting 100 episodes because that means they could uh get a sweet get that sweet syndication money <clears throat> um so We're going to talk a little Star Wars news, talk a little Last Jedi, because as it should be, that's the thing on everybody's brain right now. It is. And we're going to hear from uh, you guys a little more, and uh, we'll leave you to it after that. Before we get into all that, you know what time it is. I do. It's time for the business. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can... Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have a store available with shirts and mugs and stuff. Maybe not any mugs as fancy as this Superman mug I see Will drinking out of with his little pants and his belt and stuff. But That's one of my favorite coffee mugs besides my Blue Harvest mug. Pretty fancy nonetheless. And you can find that at tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Will, buddy, we're coming to an end on our first year as part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. The best damn ass podcast network in the galaxy. And what an amazing year it has been it to has, be a part of the Making Star Wars family. It has been a banner year for this goofy little podcast. But you know what podcasts aren't? 
as goofy as this little podcast, the other fine podcast you can find on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, like Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, The Sith List, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, Cantina Cast, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Idiot's Array, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. Thank you very much. And a thank you very much. So, buddy, uh, we haven't really had much to, time to talk since uh, you came into town for The Last Jedi. We've been busy dudes. Um, we have been. How were your holidays? It's good. My holidays were good. Got to spend it with a lot of my family, and that's what's important, so it was great. Yeah, ours was real good, too. We uh, We definitely did a lot more sort of back and forth traveling. This one was a little crazier than usual. We hung out in Birmingham uh, through Christmas morning slash afternoon and then headed over to Mississippi to spend time with my family. Got to spend uh, a lot of time with Jesse's sisters and their kids and uh, Keith and Jesse's mom came into town and stuff. So that was nice. And then uh, I got to go into fucking quarantine zone zero in uh, Mississippi when I went to see my family because... My mom had the flu, and my little nephew, Jackson, had strep throat. Wow. Call the CDC. Right? I was like, oh, bummer. Everybody's sick. Luckily, though, knock on wood, I ain't got sick yet. Yep. So, looks like maybe I avoided the germs. Um, but, yeah, it was nice. Nice to get to see the whole family. Uh, I am stoked, however, to have a long weekend coming up where I don't have a bunch of shit to do and can just sort of chill out and relax. That's a good plan. Play some video. Speaking of which, you want to play some Battlefront with your boy this weekend? Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. It's been a hot minute since, since we played some Battlefront together. It has. You just let me know when you're free, buddy, because let me tell you, I'm going to be free. Okay. Um, you know what I did on Christmas? What'd you do on Christmas? I went to see The Last Jedi with my dad. Did you really? Yeah. I have to say, it will be it will go down as one of the most memorable movie-going experiences with my dad that I've ever had. Really? I, I don't know if maybe he was sneaking a couple of drinks during Christmas dinner and I just didn't notice, but he was having a good old time. Was he really? Yeah, man. Like... So the first time I noticed noticed it, it was not even, the movie wasn't even going. It was during the trailers. And the trailer for uh, Avengers Infinity War played. And yeah. I know for a fact my dad probably doesn't know who the Avengers are. Probably hasn't watched any of the new Marvel movies. But when that movie was over, he goes, that looks amazing. <laughs> and I was like, right on, dad. Um, What else? Uh, so... My dad, my dad's thoughts on the movie were he fucking loved it. Did he really? As soon as the movie was over, I was like, what'd you think? And he goes, that was really good. You think your mom would come see it with me next week? And that's a big deal for my dad. If my dad goes to see The Last Jedi twice in the theater, that yeah. will be the first time I've heard of my dad going to see a movie more than once since Ghostbusters 2. My dad's a massive Ghostbusters fan. And rightly so. <laughs> right. But that's the only time I was sitting there thinking how many, the only time I can remember my dad going to see a movie more than once, Ghostbusters 2. So uh, I'll report back if he goes to see it a second time. And then, yeah, let me know. 
uh, you know, we were sort of chatting as we were leaving. He was going to go back to his house and I was going to go back to my sister's house. And I was like, so you really liked it? And he was like, yeah, it was great. I like all the animals in it. The little birds, the glass dogs, those caretaker. Th- like, I am my father's son. My dad loved all the little animals in the movie. Right. <laughs> I was like, yep. Yep. I see where I get it, I guess. You get it honestly. <clears throat> Sitting at five times seeing The Last Jedi so far. Wow. I've only seen it that first time we saw it together. I know, but you're such a busy guy. You got so much going on. It's yeah. It's totally understandable. I, however, am like, oh, I got uh, two or three free hours right now. I'm going to sneak off to the theater. I was actually going to go for number six today, but Jesse is feeling a little under the weather, and I just wanted to sort of hang out with her at the house and stuff. And I'll not- be interested to hear your take, um, having seen it so many times, and how it's changed. Or maybe we're not even there yet. You know, with Star Wars movies, it's a with me. There's a long life for them. Obviously, I'm going to watch these movies so many times, and and especially you know in the years to come, once it's out digitally or Blu-ray, 4K, whatever I, I choose to go with to watch it at home. Uh, you know, things could change. We'll see how it stacks up. You know, how many times it gets chosen over the other eight star wars movies um but i'll say this like the biggest change is the most obvious one is on repeat viewings that sort of sense of confusion and like holy shit what's going on i can't wrap my head around this that's gone now so it's it's a very much more relaxed like just soaking it in and loving it and like parts that i didn't necessarily like as much i like more the parts I loved, I fucking love, love now. I mean, this this movie is quite something to me. I am quite in love with this movie. What parts that you love, love, what are we talking about? Which parts? Uh, I mean, I've got such a long list. Like, there's the goofy stuff, like Luke milking the fucking Thala Siren. I love yep. that so much. The fucking quivering lick porgs. Fucking, uh, you know, just sort of the weirder, more off-kilter stuff. Then, the obvious stuff, the fight with Rey and Kylo and the Praetorian guards. Like, everything, that whole chunk of the movie, like, not just the Rey part. I like the stuff that's going on with Finn and Rose. I like the stuff that's going on with the Resistance and Holdo doing her badass shit with the ship and stuff. Like, I just... I really dig that movie. That chunk of that movie is maybe some of the most perfect Star Wars, in my opinion, at least. Um, And just Luke Skywalker, man. I am digging me some The Last Jedi Luke Skywalker. I gotta be honest. I, um, I was even perusing some fucking hot toys the other day. Like, I need to go down that expensive ass road. Which do you do you prefer old man on the island Luke or rejuvenated just for men Luke? I like them both, man. I like cranky old Luke on the island. It makes me sad, but like in the way that certain aspects of Lost make me sad, that it's not a bad thing. You know, it's just to right. me, it's like it's good storytelling. Uh, I love fucking force projection. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> force projection samurai luke though in a big bad way i can't wait until 
like the black series figure of that version of Luke comes out and, and all That'd that. Like, oh, I'm going to be all over it. Um, yeah, man, I, I was kind of talking about this with King Tom when he was on last week, like in fur- further viewings, I definitely tried to watch it with a more critical eye and pick up on stuff that I didn't like. And it's just not happening for me, dude. It's just no. not happening. I guess I'm not cool on I don't know. I just really dig this one. Um, and, and boy, does it have me excited going forward to talk about what we got coming. Um, so we, uh, King Tom and I did a little bit last week where we sort of made some brief predictions about um, where we think the characters will be. Like, and, you know, sort of like how the characters will be at the beginning of episode nine. Um, so I was going to do that with you real quick and see what you think. So, like, for instance, I said, just to give you, you know, an example, like, this is obviously an easy one. Kylo Ren will be, like, the supreme leader of the First Order. The First Order will be more <clears throat> entrenched on the galaxy. It'll have that sort of majority hold over the galaxy. Maybe he'll have some of the uh, fallen Jedi apprentices or whatever with him, et cetera, et cetera. You see what I'm saying? The Knights of Ren. Maybe that's... I'm really looking forward to when we get the answer to that question. Is that who the Knights of Ren were? The Jedi he took with him from Luke's training academy? It would make sense. Yeah, it would. I, I have a couple of small questions when it comes to that for instance like if they're jedi and they were jedi apprentices when we see them in the flashback they're definitely not using sabers and kylo is now could that be because they were like fuck that fuck the whole jedi thing i ain't using the saber that would be one answer could it be that they weren't trained in lightsabers yet so they or how to build a lightsaber yet so that's why they don't have them that could be the answer uh i just you know, that's probably the most likely answer to what happened to those Jedi apprentices. But I don't know that it is the correct answer. At this point, I'm kind of afraid to make uh, a prediction or, or say something like that because The Last Jedi sure showed me that this isn't going to go the way you think. Right. Uh, so why don't we start with Ray? Where do you see Ray in Episode Nine? Um, I just have this gut feeling there's going to be a significant time jump. So I see Ray either uh, strengthening her own Jedi ability, or I see her starting a new academy. See, uh, so uh, King Tom and I definitely both sort of operated under the assumption that there'll be some sort of time jump in between episode eight and nine. It just it just feels like it was indicated really hardcore. So you think of, you think there's at least a possibility that we'll see her with maybe some sort of trainee or apprentice or something, if not yeah. some students. Okay. And if that doesn't happen, it'll probably happen by the end of the movie. Okay. Uh, all right. What about Finn? Where do you see Finn, episode nine? I think Finn has either... I mean, I don't know. Like I said, like you said, it's hard to make a prediction. You know, uh, if Finn seems to have found himself, you know, and I would like for that to be the case. I don't want him to still be, you know, struggling with who he is and what he wants to do in episode nine. 
I'd like to see him as some sort of spy. Not maybe not a spy, but like an agent. Like he's very good at subterfuge, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and he has obviously a lot of intel on the first order considering he spent the better part of his early adult life and as, as a child and and all that shit as a member of the first order. Uh, right. I can't remember whether it was me or King Tom that basically said the same thing. He could be almost sort of an infiltrator or a... Because I just you know. don't see him as a commander. He doesn't seem... <clears throat> yeah, I... He's the action guy. I see him having some sort of... I don't necessarily see him being like a grunt in the rebellion. I see him being a little more... Maybe a general in the way Han Solo was a general, because Han right. Solo was the same thing. Right. Lando Calrissian was the leader, and Han Solo was a doer. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. Uh, what about uh, what about Poe Dameron? Oh, I feel like he's the leader of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that too. I kind of, I mean, you know, it, it definitely seems set up in this one. Um. All right. Where do so Ray Finn Poe? Uh. Okay. Kylo Ren. How do you feel about old Kylo's ass? Kylo damn ass Ren. Kylo was successful in his uh, assumption of power. Right. I don't know if he will go the route of training an apprentice because it's an inevitability that you know once you train an apprentice, they're going to try to take your spot. Right. So I don't know if Kylo Ren would even want to risk that for his power or <laughs> right. if he's still just trying to assume the mantle of new Dark Lord. I kind of feel like part of the, <laughs> to use a, mo- a word used a couple of times in The Last Jedi, the hubris of a dark side user or a, a, a Sith or whatever uh, in Star Wars is that they train an apprentice knowing that eventually that apprentice is going to try and take power from them. But they're kind of too cocky and think like, oh, well, they're my apprentice. They'll never be able to beat me. And I need sort of a force-powered lackey to do my doing. Like, get their hands dirty when I don't want to. Right. Because, um, yeah, I mean, otherwise Palpatine seems like the guy. Well, I don't know. That's a whole discussion for another day. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like... It definitely seems like there was a story thread set up with that whole, he took some of his students with him. He took some of Luke's students with him. I believe his redemption is inevitable. You think so? Yeah. I think Ray tries one last time. You know, there will been have been years where she, you know, she didn't think it was possible, but because um, she tried what, twice? And the third time's a charm. Well, I feel like, you know, I don't she know. She tried that... once okay. over the over the call, right over the the force phone call, the FaceTime. Yeah, yeah, the force FaceTime, and she tried once in person. <coughs> yeah, well, and and you can't ignore the the time that Han tried to turn him too. Right. I don't know, man. I guess I guess it's it's still a possibility. I know it's such a integral theme in star wars so far the whole idea of redemption but i kind of also feel like kylo has chosen dark side the dark side in a big bad way in a way that like 
we haven't even really seen from Anakin, you know? He didn't kill a bunch of kids and stuff, but like at the end of the day, I kind of feel like Anakin in some twisted, fucked up way turned to the dark side trying to do something he thought was good, which was save Padme, right? Right. I don't feel like Kylo. I feel like Kylo has chosen to be evil for the sake of being evil. He just like he's he just digs it at this point. Like for power. Yeah, for power. Like he killed Snoke, wiped out all his guards, and at that point he could have like basically almost destroyed the first order from the inside out in a way. But like instead of doing that, he just chose to be the next Snoke for better, you know, for lack of a better term. I don't know. I'm sure there's some way to redeem him. I just, and this is not me saying I don't like the character of Kylo. I don't like Adam Driver's portrayal of Kylo. I don't like Kylo. Like, I don't, like if Kylo was a person in real life, I'd be like, I don't like that dude. That dude's an asshole. He keeps getting fucking chances to do the right thing and he chooses to be an asshole. Fuck him and his abusive boyfriend ass. Right. You know? Um, oh, I know. So the question about him becoming redeemed is, like, is it a redemption where he's like, okay, I'm redeemed and I'm going to shut down the First Order or change the First Order so it's not a fucking space Nazi type organization? Or is there something within the First Order that he has to fight the against? First- you see? The First Order gets crushed, right? The First Order is on its last legs. It makes a last stand, and it has some sort of galaxy-obliterating weapon. You know, that's on a, on, a, on a countdown. And, you know, the First Order is basically finished because the Rebellion, you know, it, it administers the coup de grace as this countdown is executing, and Kylo Ren gives his life to stop that countdown and inevitably save the galaxy with his death. Nice. I mean, I could definitely see something like that. I, I definitely, no, I know that's see... campy, but I was yeah. just giving you the first thing. Right. My... I totally, I, I know you, you're not saying like, this is the plot for episode nine. Oh. Um, the one thing I would say is like, if there is a redemption for Kylo Ren in the cards, I still don't see how it happens without, self-sacrifice a moment of self-sacrifice completely totally agree um now uh yeah we'll see i definitely don't want like another super weapon i know what if he gets what if he gets taken out like snoke just out of nowhere comes out of nowhere oh that'd be fucking crazy um i know it's inevitable that in uh in a realm of endless star wars we're going to get super weapon, a super weapon again. Just don't do it in the third movie in the trilogy. I don't want to hear the bitching about that. Like, and I wouldn't even be like, whatever, Star Wars has super weapons. It doesn't bother me that much. I just don't want to hear the bitching about it. So. There wasn't really any super weapons in the, um, in the Clone Wars. Sort of. There was the malevolence. Yeah, but that's not in the movies is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could kind of say it's not on the same scale by any means, but the whole attack on the droid control ship 
in the Phantom Menace is kind of a super weapon thing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sort of a setup. I mean, that's type setup. that's still a space battle attack plan. Like, yeah, but you're gonna have that in Star Wars, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's the only way to have say, space battle. You could say that the fucking uh, dreadnought in the Last Jedi is is a super weapon. You know, they they brought fucking Death Star. I wish they had ta- not had put that line in the movie about that uh, battering ram cannon where Finn's yeah. like, miniaturized Death Star tech. You don't like that? I don't know, man. It's kind of like, yo, leave. we're done with the Death Star, you guys. Let's move on from this Death Star business. Even though it makes sense in-universe that... I was about to say, if you could once miniature- they have that technology, they're not going to abandon it. I wonder if they're that gonna thing's, miniaturize uh, it. I wonder if that thing's powered by kyber crystals, like the Death Star is. You would think it would have to be. Huh. 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 That's something I didn't even really think about until now. I'm, I'm like, that's cool to see it on the ground, but I'll strap that bad boy onto a, a ship. I want to see that. It's the little Uber Mini Death Star cannon. The Kyber Cannon. <coughs> Do you think we'll see? Um, you think we'll see DJ come back in Episode Nine? I think so. Uh, quite obviously. I mean, this is his swing to the dark. The next movie will be his swing to the light. He'll be one of those characters that's an anti-hero that rides the middle, and you know the pendulum just has to swing towards the light in the next one. Oh, he's redeemed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely think he'll be back, and I think he'll be yeah. calling Finn Big F. Again, I love that he calls Finn Big F. Hey, yeah. Big F. Um, the stutter, I wasn't a fan of at first, but it, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's one of those weird little character choices that I can, like, I can take it or leave it. It doesn't right. bother me, but it's just, on the first viewing, I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. I wonder, and I still don't know the answer to this, I wonder if that was something that was in the script. Or if that was something that, like, when they're going over the character, Benicio Del Toro was like, what if I do a stutter? And Ryan Johnson's like, hey, man, let me hear it. What's it sound like? And he did it. And he's like, yeah, that's great. Do that. Yeah. I wonder. I like the idea that he got that from shocking himself, being a, a, a splicer. A splicer. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So, in the news this week, I guess one of the bigger things that happened on social media um was that some supposed, possible, more than likely, Han Solo, or sorry, Solo, a Star Wars story artwork leaked out. I believe, and I could be wrong, this is where I first saw it, was on a uh, Star Wars account called Star Wars Legacy, I believe. Uh, And I, I think it was supposed to be like Russian promotional artwork for the movie. And it's basically just one of those i don't know i call it tops card artwork because that's what it looks like to me it looks like artwork you would see in that digital that top star wars card trader game yeah and it's just sort of a group shot of chewy han lando what looks like uh amelia clark denarius targaryen first of her name um in the movie and what appears to be a much cleaner, nicer-looking Millennium Falcon. Um, however, after it came out, Disney and Lucasfilm made a statement saying, basically, that's not art from us. They didn't say, that's not official art. They said, that's not art from us. 
more or less. That's not, you know, the exact statement. Um, That's not art that we released. Not that. They said it was not something Disney or Lucasfilm came up with. So, and I, you know, I think they were trying to say that to sort of discredit it or whatever. But then they also asked the people that posted it to take it down. I don't think you do that with fake fan art. And also, like, there's things in there that sort of match up with what Jason and the crew over at Making Star Wars have reported about the the movie. Uh, Interesting. For instance, you know, you can go on uh, makingstarwars.net and read articles about what the Falcon was going to look like in the movie and stuff. And the description in that, he fucking nailed and it, 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 he says that it's got a blue paint job. We see that in this picture. And he says that there's something that clips into the front of the Falcon that's basically uh, like how it carries cargo and stuff. There's also uh, an episode of their show, uh, Fingered, where he went into a lot of um, Han Solo information. So go check those out if you want the more in-depth breakdown. But to me, I think this is real. I don't think it's Disney or Lucasfilm artwork, but I do believe that it came from some sort of licensee, be it like the company that's going to make the popcorn buckets and and cups for the movie or Topps cards or even, you know, some Russian theater chain. Does that Topps trading game still exist? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It sure does. So you saw the artwork. What do you think of it? Do you think that's real? Do you think it's fake? I think it's real just because it has that real feel to it. It seems a little too... It's um, pretty clear, pretty well put together, pretty well designed. Yeah, it seems too good. to. I don't mean this in a bad way, but it seems almost too... Like, sort of that overly designed look that real artwork has, as opposed yeah. to, like, you know, fan art. Somebody, Not that fan art somebody. isn't awesome, but... Right. It feels legit. Yeah, it feels like sort of one of those, like, type deals. Um, it is interesting to see the Falcon and the cargo holder, and the dish looks different. This looks like a different dish. Yeah, it seems like it's more flat against the body. Maybe it's just in sort of, like a like, a different position if that's the same dish i've never seen it in that configuration yeah normally it's up on like that maybe maybe something in the falcon broken it's just constantly in the upward position and that's why that should always be getting knocked off um also it looks like chewy's maybe rocking a new bandolier in that picture so yeah uh I got to say, now that, you know, the the Last Jedi is out and I've had time to process it and enjoy it so many times, I'm getting pretty stoked for the Han Solo movie. Yeah, me too. Uh, I know there's a lot of trepidation about it, but I'm I'm really stoked. Yeah, I, I'm hoping at least that a lot of that goes away once we get a trailer, which honestly, probably any day now. Like, I would imagine it will not be far into January that we get a first trailer. Uh, of course, already the talk has started Han Solo trailer during the Super Bowl every year. Oh, there's going to be a star Wars trailer during the Super Bowl. And guys, 
That's because there usually is. No, there's never Star Wars trailers during the Super Bowl. Never the Super Bowl? They have never debuted a trailer during the Super Bowl. What was the Force Awakens teaser one? Uh, It's usually football, though, isn't it? Yeah, like now that's typically the final trailer for The Last Jedi and The the Force Awakens. The final trailers came out during Monday Night Football. Yeah, that's, that's I guess that's why people think that. Because they be. do come out now during Monday Night Football. Yeah, but that's this is a different beast than the the damn Super Bowl. Uh the most expensive ad buying event in the world. Um When is the Super Bowl happen? I think it's like the first week in February. I think it's probably unlikely for it to debut during the Super Bowl because I think that's too late. Like the movie's coming say, out that's in only- May. The movie's coming out in May. That's three months out. And I assume we will get a teaser and a final trailer. Like, or, you know, a teaser and a full trailer. So, teaser, I'm expecting January. Final trailer, like, maybe March. You know? Um, Yeah. Hey, Star Wars, March 21st is a pretty good day to release a trailer. Yeah, it is. Um, I wonder if we'll get a behind-the-scenes reel like we did for all the other movies. If they follow the same sort of marketing strategy, we should. But giving, given the prop, like this movie's like, you know, very publicly had its problems, way more so than even Rogue One. Um, so I don't know how much of a, how likely a behind the scenes thing will be. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to get stoked. There's starting to be like, Leaks of uh, Black Series Wave assortments. You know you know me, I love some Black Series and I love some Force Fridays or Solo Fridays or whatever. The I know you do. Um, <coughs> I can't wait to see Solo. I'm super ex- uh, excited about this movie. The one thing I need to get me like real amped, I'm at like a six or a seven excitement. I don't, I mean, it, I'm never going to be that fucking... 11 excited that I was for The Force Awakens. You know? Really? I, not that I don't... Like, I was at a 10 for The Last Jedi. That that extra little push to 11, that's just not going to happen again. You know, 10-year break from Star Wars. It's the, the, the series I wanted more than anything, a sequel to the original trilogy with the original cast coming back. Like, that's, that's a special type of excitement. Now, if they take another break... If we have another break on Star Wars, which we'll talk about that a little bit later, um, I could see myself getting to that level of excitement. I mean, it was probably a month out from The Force Awakens that I was having trouble sleeping because I was so excited. I understand that. Uh, My excitement to see Luke Skywalker and what he was up to really took over this. The excitement for this movie. Yeah, and, and the, you know, I almost got there for this one. Just I, I'm, I'm just being honest here. Like, it's going to be hard to beat that excitement level for The Force Awakens. Um, I mean, yeah, kind of obviously, I assume. But it, what, they, what I need to see to get me real amped for this movie is, like, that first teaser. Give me something that convinces me that this dude is a younger Han Solo. You know what I mean? Get that fucking money shot, that fucking money line, one liner, whatever. A couple of action moments and I'll be, I'll be real hyped. Cause that's the one thing that's going to be the toughest sell for me. And 
obviously for a lot of people is like this dude ain't Harrison Ford and we have had, you know, 40 years of Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's got to be believable. So if, if they give me something in this trailer that makes me go, okay, all right, I can see this dude as Han Solo, then I'm in. Then you got, I mean, obviously you got my money, but then I'm I'm down. It better be a trailer full of believable Han Solo. Yeah, well, it's a teaser. So you only have so much time. And you, I imagine in the teaser, you're going to want to show Han. You're going to show the Falcon. You're going to show Donald Glover as Lando. Maybe a little Woody Harrelson. Some Chewy. Maybe some Amelia Clark. You know, you can't just do the whole thing, just Han spitting one-liners. That's the other thing I hope they don't do, like... I hope they don't give away all the good Han lines in the trailers and TV spots. Cause I know to me, they don't even have to be there. Like I don't need him to say, I got a bad feeling about this. No, I'm not saying classic Han lines. I mean like Han dialogue. You know what I mean? Like Han's a smart ass. Like, right. He's a scoundrel. Like he's a smuggler. He's a scoundrel. He's a nice man. Like, uh, I don't want them to give away all the good lines in the movie in the trailers because that happens sometimes not necessarily in star wars but in other movies for sure they give away all like the funny moments or the good lines and stuff in the trailer so when you get there and see it after seeing that stuff a ton of times it kind of loses its impact right all right um so you know it's going to be an interesting uh road to han solo considering you know we just got the last jedi and now the uh, promotion machine for that movie is gonna ramp up i can't uh can't wait to see fucking toys and shit we're gonna be getting you know that's a big Dude, one for me uh, oh i know i hope we get a blaster um you know maybe maybe he doesn't what is it the dl44 yeah maybe he doesn't have that yet you know that I completely get that, but it'd be cool if we get, you know, if everybody has signature blasters that they release. The weird <coughs> shit they do, and I know they do it because it's kids' toys, but how they always release them in, like, orange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like, to make sure that, obviously, they're not a real gun. But, man, I I would I would want to spray paint it black so bad. Well, you know... um, Michael that came over for the uh, the reaction podcast, he brought in right. his um, E11. E- E11, yep. Uh, that is a modified, uh, I think it's a Rubies, the costume, like toy gun that he painted yeah. and weathered and, and modified and stuff. I was like, damn, this looks pretty good, buddy. Yeah, it does. It looks really good. So, uh, all right. So I'm going to do a little segment with uh, my buddy Will here. That uh, it's a new segment I like to call Quick Maths. Everyday man's on the block. Smoke trees. Uh, where we're going to do a little, little look-see at the, uh, the box office for The Last Jedi. Now, I did my research before this. Uh, there's been a funny little thing on the internet, like... Not as ridiculous as last year when, like, neo-Nazi nutbags were talking about uh, boycotting Rogue One. And then when Rogue One, quote-unquote, only made over just over a billion dollars, they were like, we did it, guys. We won. 
but I've seen some people like because the last essentially because the last Jedi isn't performing like the Force Awakens, being like it's fa- it's a failure, it's a fa-. like people that don't like the movie or whatever just want to seem cool and trash the movie latch on to this kind of stuff as like their flag in the beach to talk shit, right? Yeah. And uh look, I I did statistically, my statistically sequels never do as well as the original. I've been no. saying since The Force Awakens like finished its box office run, that's it. That's the highest we're going to get for now. Like I was saying earlier, unless we get another long break on Star Wars and they bring it back in a big bad way, we're not going to be hitting that over 2 billion dollars in Star Wars. It's just not going to happen. That's the way this shit I works. thought this one would but I mean, it it hasn't yet. Just because of the need to find out what happened to Luke Skywalker, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, uh, once again, you it's hard to think back like at the hype level, like the promotional level, the hype level. I just don't think it's ever going to be that big. I agree. I mean, I totally agree. Unless we take a hiatus, like you said. So, like, um, I. At the end of the day, it's going to end up around, or I mean, definitely, pretty much what I've been saying, not to pat myself on the back, it's going to end up somewhere in between The Force Awakens and Rogue One. It is still going to be a massive fucking financial success for Disney and Lucasfilm. There's no doubt about it. So right now, as of the day we're recording this, The Last Jedi has been officially released for 14 days two weeks into release and it's sitting at a global box office of 939 million expected to get close to or break a billion by the end of this weekend i can't even imagine 900 million dollars let alone a billion dollars 464 of that gross is from domestic box office meaning u.s box office so that's where, so keep that in mind as we talk about some of these other movies. Now, for perspective, when you compare Star Wars to Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Big Daddy Force Awakens, and this is over 24 weeks. This is how many weeks the movie was in theaters. The Force Awakens ended up grossing $2,068,000,000. Wow. So, $2.068 billion dollars 936 of that was from the domestic box office now you go back and you look at the force away or the last jedi 464 million domestic it ain't hitting that 900 mark it would have to basically double what it's made in the next you know 18 weeks or however long it's going to be in the theaters and the force awakens came out what like december 3rd Mm -mm. or something like that december 17th or 18th. 17th. So it came okay. out at the exact same time as The Last right. Jedi and Rogue One. Same week. Not, you know, the exact date. Um, all right. Rogue One. In the theater for 20 weeks. $1.56 billion. So basically a billion dollars less than The Force Awakens, give or take. Right. $532 million of that was from domestic. So, The Last Jedi will definitely pass Rogue One, both in total worldwide gross. It's going to do better than 
$1.056 million. It's going to make that, pro- it'll be past that by next weekend, almost guaranteed. Unless something crazy happens and it takes, you know, um, you know, like uh, basically an unseen type of thing happens and, and it goes down like a whole lot. <clears throat> I'm telling you, uh, I don't know. Maybe one point, I'm saying The Last Jedi, somewhere between 1.2, 1.4 billion when it's all said and done. I think it's going to see a bump when everybody comes home from Christmas. Mm. And, you know, I know a lot of families see movies together. There are a lot of families that don't. So, a lot of families that had to spend time together and then travel. And then once people get home from all that, they'll be able to see it. I think it's last sort of really quote unquote big like its biggest last weekend will be this weekend because it's the last weekend of like christmas break for kids and stuff and yeah basically what you're saying like uh so i think you know this will be its its last humongous push and then it'll just be slowly going down from there until you know 18 20 weeks in it's no longer in theaters there's Disney and Lucasfilm. The funny thing I've seen online is people be like, well, with that box office gross, I bet you Disney and Lucasfilm are really reconsidering uh, Ryan Johnson having his own trilogy. No, they're not, guys. No, they're <laughs> not. This dude turned in a drama. You mean reconsidering it about how great an idea it is? <laughs> they're like, oh, wow, that's we really, that, we really did good with that hire. Pat huh? ourselves on the back there. I just think... You know, look, I mean, I can I can try to sum it up just for what what's been grinding my gears, because all the flack that The Force Awakens got about being an homage film and just like a new hope and all the same thing. Well, you know what you got in The Last Jedi? You got something completely different. You got something you'd never seen before. You got brand new Star Wars. You got new force powers. You got new precedents set. You know, that is what you got. You got new. And everybody bitching about how, oh, they just went too far out of character. And they just went too far out of the realm of what Star Wars is. You don't fucking know. You don't know. You want something to bitch about. You're irritated that it's not what you remember from your youth. Like, you have to grow. If you want the same three movies made over and over again, nobody's going to come watch those movies. Maybe you, your your loyal self will watch the same stories. Not I'm not saying you, Hawes. I mean, the complainer. We'll go see those same movies over and over again, but they're not gonna they're not gonna generate life into something that needs life. Everything that happened in The Last Jedi needed to happen <laughs> yeah. for Star Wars to progress as its own franchise. The analogy I've been using when I've been talking to people like in person and through text and stuff, like I, I've just refused to get into the any of the debates on The Last Jedi because I like it. I'm very happy with it, and I just want to enjoy that, you know? Yeah. I, I haven't gotten any Twitter or Facebook arguments about it. And I'm, I'm not going to. Like, I just, I want this time when I'm really enjoying a new Star Wars movie. And it's the third one in a row. Like, for something that could have, like, look, this could have been a complete disaster. And so, to be honest, there's a small vocal minority that thinks it is. Where Disney right. took over Star Wars and I hated it. And that didn't happen for me. I've really liked the three movies we've gotten so far. Right. And that each one that they put out that I like, like it just makes me more confident in it, you know? And is Rogue One my favorite? No, it's actually towards the bottom of my list of favorites, but I still enjoy it. It still feels like Star Wars. 
I'm excited to have Star Wars be an open book where it can, grow, like you're saying, where it can grow and and change and bring me new and exciting stuff where it's unpredictable. Now, I'm sure there will be that moment where they do something unpredictable that I'm not cool with. But like, just because it does that for me once, twice even, like it's not going to make me give up Star Wars, you know? You can't, okay. And I think it's this this these people's loss of nostalgia. You can't keep Star Wars in your 1980s nostalgia box anymore because it lived there for a really long time. You know, it lived there. And, you know, some of these nerds uh, will, like, idolize in canon, you know, uh, anything that happened in the 80s. You know, retro gaming or, you know, all this kind of stuff. Hey, to hey, where hey. it's almost... You're talking about a bunch of shit I love. <laughs> that's what I, I... That's the things that I love. You know, I, I, the only, and the only reason I can speak to this is because I love it myself. And I feel like those people are feeling a sense of loss because that Star Wars doesn't just live in that nostalgia bubble anymore. It's got new life. You know, it's got a new direction. And it may lose some fans because... I mean... You know, of that, but... You that, can't, that's just got to happen. You can't make everyone happy. You can't, like you. You can't keep the same pool of fans always. Like with every release, there's going to be fans that drop off. Hopefully, there's also release, and this comes with any sort of franchise. Hopefully, also there's fans that jump on, so it sort of hopefully evens out, and we'll see how it goes forward with Star Wars. Um, let's get back to some of my my stats because I did do a, a bitch load of. Uh, research for this so the next two movies that sort of on a global box office scale and these are besides rogue one and the force awakens obviously these are all movies released this year 2017 the next two that the the force awakens or force awakens the last jedi has to compete with are fate of the furious so fast and the furious eight and beauty and the beast so globally Fate of the Furious made $1.235 billion, $1 billion globally. 225 of that was from the domestic box office. That is a huge disparity. Like, 200, like with The Last Jedi, when you look at its domestic and its world and its uh, like international, like they're kind of neck and neck. That means over a billion dollars of that $1.235 billion was made internationally. Those Fast and the Furious movies are gigantic internationally. So much so that they're not even doing as well domestically as they used to, but they do so well internationally that it doesn't matter. Sounds like a Transformer movie. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, $1.263 billion worldwide. 504 of that is from domestic box office. So, I think it's possible. I think it's definitely possible that Star Wars goes past Beauty and the Beast. I, th- I could see it going past 1.263. I would be really surprised if at this point it hit 1.5 billion or 1.6. But it's possible. I'm not a box office analyst. I'm just looking at sort of the statistics of it all through this. Well, cinematic statistics for 2017. 2017 has been an awful year for movies. Yeah, I know they say <clears> that. And I, I, you know, I assume it's true, but 
when you hear like uh you like we we talk about that and then wait till you hear the the grosses of some of these other movies they're they're pretty good um and i have a feeling that like star wars and and other sort of end of the year movies have helped that whole box office slump i don't know if it's if it's better or what but just here in Hollywood, say they're having you know, 2017 is an awful year for us. Is like hearing Wall Street dudes being like, "Oh, the you know, the they, Dow was down today. The what, Dow's really? down. Did you still fill your pockets with <laughs> ungodly amounts of money? Was it was it a down day for you? Okay, so we'll go. I'll go a little quicker with this, but I think Star Wars definitely has a chance to beat Fate of the Furious and Beauty and the Beast at least internet like you know in an international type deal Um, for the year it's only got a couple days yeah but i believe that it's still counted as a 2017 release so regardless of it'll it'll still count towards the year whatever it makes in the run in the box office yeah whatever it makes in the beginning of 2018 will still count for 2017 i believe that's how it works all right wonder woman 121 or 821 million internationally 412 of that domestically did really well i saw that it was good um you know already the last jedi has passed that uh justice league 648 million internationally 224 million domestically guardians of the galaxy 2 together yeah they're having a tough one. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. If it weren't for Wonder Woman doing so well, I think, I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like they would have pulled. If Wonder Woman had sort of flopped, I think they might be looking at rebooting or pulling the plug on this current edition. They, Wonder Woman really saved their ass this year. And it did, because it, it, rightfully so, because it was good. I am very critical of what they've done of, with the DC uh, you know, universe of movies so far and Gladly will I admit that Wonder Woman was good. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, 863 million globally, 389 domestically. So Wonder Woman, Guardians 2, and Justice League. Force Awakens already beat those. Force Awakens, I keep saying it. The Last Jedi already beat those. Thor Ragnarok, $847 million in, uh, internet or globally. 310 uh, domestically. Now, this is Thor and Justice League are both still in theaters. They're still pulling in money. Uh, obviously, they're not going to be pulling in a whole lot more, So that's, but that's not a final total for them. They're not going to catch The Last Jedi, though. Spider-Man, 880 million. 334 of that was domestic. And then we get to... <laughs> Like, I threw one in here just to be like, ain't this fucked up? Blade Runner 2049. Total global gross, $258 million, $91 million domestically. Now, that's a flop. That that's is sad, a, a exp- It is sad. I, I mean, and I got to admit. Why do you think that movie flopped? I think that I think that's a complicated question. I think part of it is like you made a very expensive sequel to a movie that didn't perform well when it first came out. The it's original, a cult classic, is what. Yeah, it's one of those movies that sort of gained 
um, you know, a fandom as it went on. It's a cult classic. That's it's perfect. Um, I think also, like the people you were making that sequel for, I think the audience for it might have been a little smaller than they estimated. And older than they estimated. That could also be it. And also, I think <clears throat> it's a matter... I think that movie got some, like... I haven't seen it yet. I'm part of the problem. Uh, I think it maybe got a little unfair press with the whole runtime thing. Like, that was a big talking point in, like, media and social media was how long the movie was before it came out. And I wonder if that hampered it a little bit. Um because like Blade Runner was a big deal for my older, for my dad and my aunt and my older cousins. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Blade Runner quite a bit. They're in their fifties and sixties. You know, I like Blade Runner too, but I was so young I wasn't able to see it till I was older. You know, and like, uh, and there's some heavy concepts in there that you really need to be an older teenager to really understand the the deepness of it. Yeah, I honestly don't think I saw Blade Runner. It was after I moved to Birmingham. Because one night, it was soon after I moved to Birmingham, one night uh, I was a little bored, so I went to Walmart to buy a movie. Like, this was before Netflix streaming and stuff. And I think it was the final cut that had just come out on DVD. And I was like, all right, time to watch Blade Runner. And I dug it so much. I dug it so much that I probably watched it. Um, shit. Probably kick ass. once a day for the next two or three days. I used to do this thing before you had so many options before Netflix and stuff where I would watch the same movie like once a day for a long time. Are you kidding me? That was part of why Blockbuster existed because I wanted to watch, you know, you rent a movie. I'm going to get my fucking rental out of it. I'm going to watch it once that night. I'm going to watch it the next day. Like I might even watch it a third time before I take it back. Uh, Shortly after moving to Birmingham, I went on a a half-baked tear where I watch that movie once a day for maybe like two weeks. Like while I'm working, I, I you know, I was trying to be considerate. Our room, old roommate Josh, I would try to not make him watch it every time. But if he is at work and I'm chilling at the house by myself working, I'm going to watch Half-Baked. Why not? Um, I, uh, I did that when I was in high school too. I'd get on these kicks where I'd watch the same VHS over and over and over. Yeah. So I think... Uh, you know, it's sad. Like, I would have liked to see Blade Runner do better. And I'm saying that without seeing it. Like, maybe I'll see it and I'll be like, oh, that's why it did. did. But I say that and then other people I know that have seen it, like, really dug it. And the only caveat I've heard from anybody was like, it's long. It's, it's definitely long. But I don't mind that sometimes. Like Fucking King Kong made a bunch of money, didn't it? It's like three hours. The Peter Jackson King Kong? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that did. When all was said and done, it would be kind of hard to judge because that's been a few years ago. And once you get into the whole inflation thing, it starts. Well, I tell you, the Lord of the Rings is the reason that was even uh, anything because he he did that right after he came off his Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's the only reason that got made and was anything it was. I don't enjoy that Peter Jackson King Kong. I went to the theaters to see it. My favorite part about it is kind of the parts without King Kong. The parts with Jack Black being the crazy director. Like, I like that. There's more of a story there. Would you even say that, oh, you like that? Oh, I like that. So, worldwide, King Kong, Peter Jackson's King Kong, $550 million. 
So, I you know, like I said, that was 2005. That's 12 years ago. I don't know the how that... top seeds are what? Avatar? So Titanic? Domestically, the top grossing movie of all time is The Force Awakens, followed by Avatar, followed by Titanic. Worldwide, I believe it's Avatar, The Force Awakens, Titanic. I think that's how it plays out. Um, you know, but you compare... Uh, King Kong to Return of the King, which was what, 2003? Yeah. 2003, it made almost double. 1.119 billion. So, I don't know. This It's just sort of interesting to me that people are like trying to act like The the Last Jedi isn't doing well at the box office. And it's doing just fine, guys. Disney's happy. Happy all the way to the fucking bank. Yeah. Ha ha, ha ha. All right, so you want to do some emails and stuff and call this last episode of the year a night? Yep, let's do it. Yep, let's do it. Well, there's one way to kick this off. Welcome to the party, pal. Crash box Giddy Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his pud Giddy Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Giddy Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow Cockhead Blue Herb Cockhead Hansberger Cockhead Will Witt Cockhead Goose Paint Cockhead G-Money Cockhead King Tom Cockhead Joe Cockhead T&D Cockhead Cockhead All right, let's see who we got up this week. Try to get through some of this backlog. Guys, thanks for writing in and sending in voicemails and stuff. Um, we're going to get through as many as we can. You know how we do. We'll get to you. We always do. All right, first up, we have a dude I'm big fan of. I think this might be his... Maybe this is his first time writing into our show? I can't really remember. It's our buddy Fernando. Good evening, Halls and Will. I hope this email finds you both well. I loved your reaction podcast with all of the special guests. I appreciate you bringing your fiance on. That was cool because my wife is a casual fan. Not to say that Jesse is. I would say Jesse's a casual fan, and I would say she would, she would have no problem with that. And my missus said that this was her favorite Star Wars. As a family, we have seen them all. My son Alejandro ranked this one as a tie with Empire. Oh my gosh, I freaking loved the movie. I laughed, I cried. I felt at peace with this film. I saw this film twice, and the second viewing, I caught a few things I missed. I noticed the tail of the sea creature diving into the water. My son was the first one who noticed and told me. And the future little Padawan pulling the broom, which I didn't notice the first time. I loved Yoda so much. He looked great. This movie also explains why Leia can't reach out to Luke and why Luke didn't feel Han dying. He fucking closed himself off to the Force. Well... 
This email is all over the place, and I apologize. I'm just so excited. I can't wait to see it a third time when I go with Mr. Pappas in January. Oh, that sounds like a good time. Damn. Mike Pappas and Fernando going to the movie together? Mm. Don't, Sign me up. Don't let Mike uh, buy your ticket, buddy. You know how he do with tickets. <clears throat> Number one. Where are the Knights of Ren? Were the Praetorian Guards the former students that left with Ben Solo? Uh, you know, we kind of discussed that either. I don't know. The Praetorian Guards, the one question I have, or another question I have about either the Knights of Ren or the Praetorian Guards being those Jedi that left, like, that would mean that well over half of Luke's student body left with Kylo. Because there's eight Praetorian Guards plus Kylo. That's nine. That means there's only four students that didn't go. Uh, I think there's seven Knights of Ren. I could be wrong about that. Six or seven plus Kylo. So that's sort of the one question I have about that. Um, Number two. What question do you want answered? What questions do you want answered in episode nine? Ooh, Will. What questions do you want answered in episode nine? Um, you know what? I don't need any any. I don't need any answers in episode nine. I'm completely. You know, I know this sounds weird, but I'm I'm open to any direction it goes. There's nothing that's burning for me, like, and that's what's so I guess scary about episode nine is that. You know, most of my plot lines got wrapped up. You know, they could go anywhere from here. I'd like to see what Ben Solo does. You know, I'd like to see what Kylo Ren does. But yeah. nothing really. I'm in a very similar place to you, to be honest. Like, just give it to me. Do what you're going to do. Show me what you yeah. got. I don't care. I, 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 yeah. I don't really have any questions. Much like you, I feel like any questions I was left after 7, like, I feel like I've got at least a adequate enough answer. Like, the question of the Knights of Ren, I would like to see more of the Knights of Ren, but I don't know that that I necessarily have, has to be in a movie. You know, I have the gut feeling the Knights of the Ren are the students he pulled. Maybe not all of them are, you know, but I figure at least half of the Knights of Ren are students he pulled, and that would make sense that he pulled over half of Luke's uh, <coughs> students. Students, you know, if. If they're smart enough to know it's it's go or die, then you go, you know. I mean, some of the answers, like, some of the questions I have is, do they leave it, do they put something in episode nine that leaves it open for uh, further movies? Or is it an ending? Like, if you look at the, if you look at Return of the Jedi, like, that's an ending. They're, de- they're you know, you don't really need a sequel after that. Whether, you know, I want one. I- I think episode nine is another beginning. You think? You think it's a? Yeah. It's going to be an end and a beginning. I think it baits the hook for you to wait ten years for the next trilogy. Yeah, I don't even know that it'll be that long. Uh, I think. Well, we'll see. But I could see. You know, like I really like King Tom's idea of twenty twenty seven fiftieth anniversary of Star Wars episode ten. I, I dig that whole. That's ten years from now. Yeah, but not 10 years from episode 9. True. That's 8 years from episode 9. Um, with Which is another plenty trilogy. of space for a trilogy in there every 2 years. Yeah. <clears throat> Alright. 
P.S. Did I say I fucking love this movie? I love Luke so much and what he did and how he went out was beautiful. Your friend Fernando. Also, we need to kick ass together in Battlefront. Yeah, we do, buddy. Yeah, we do. I also don't think that any of the Praetorians are Knights of Ren. We didn't really touch on that, but the reason I don't think that is because they were quite obviously loyal to Snoke. And if I think about it as an evil leader, I don't want my guard being uh, being Kylo Ren's personal, you know, attache. Yeah, I I wish I had my visual dictionary close so I could grab it and see what it says about the Praetorian Guard in there. <clears throat> um, okay. Next up, we've got a first-time writer. Haven't heard from this fella before. His name is Mark. Hi, guys. I've been a long-time listener, and I just wanted to say how much I love you guys. It's always such a positive part of my week listening to your show. The way you treat us... The way you treat each other, the way you treat your guests, the way you treat Star Wars. It's just so friendly, respect- respectful, funny, and open-minded. Dude, thank you. That is so nice. My mama would be so impressed to hear that. And that's exactly what I wanted this podcast to be. So, I'm glad to see It's at least working for you, buddy. We've never yeah, met. glad you appreciate it. We've never met, but I feel like I'd be welcome and that we'd be friends. If we ever had a chance... If we ever had a chance. When I listen to the show, I feel like I am hanging out with my friends. That's a nice thing for me because I really don't have anyone to talk Star Wars with. I've been on Podcast Blackout for three months, but it's good to be back. I really enjoyed your last Jedi reaction pod and wanted to share some of the things I got from the movie. Number one, Yoda. Loved him. I agree that something was different about him, but I don't think it was so much the puppet It was as... It was how he was framed in the scene. Go back and watch Empire Strikes Back, and you might see what I'm talking about. The camera's always closer to him in Empire Strikes Back, and it makes him feel completely different. The scene at the end of the movie. The next time you watch about it, think about Yoda's words to Luke. The one, this one a long time have I watched. All his way, all his life looked away to the future, to the horizon. Never hurt his mind on where he was what he was doing. To me, that scene at the end of the movie is Yoda's speech. Luke Skywalker passes into the Force, and then you have this young boy that is dreaming about rebellions and laser swords instead of sweeping the floor. It almost suggests the idea that Luke's spirit has passed on through the Force into a new generation. It's the spark of hope that the Jedi are not gone. Also, pretty sure that that is a ship going into hyperspace, not a shooting star. That could be. Whatever it, whatever it is, it looks cool. And I don't necessarily think it has any more significance than just looking cool. Um, number three. I loved how much Johnson trolled the gatekeepers with this movie. Snoke is the main villain, right? Well, what about his line to Kylo in the beginning? You were beaten by a girl who had never held a lightsaber. How many assholes have we heard try to make that sexist point on the internet? Johnson just shuts that shit down by destroying Snoke. Then we have Luke tossing his saber over his shoulder. He even manages to fit the Death Star into the script. I was like, am I being fucked with right now? I think Ryan Johnson is fucking with me. I love it. The Last Jedi made me feel funny. In a good way. May the Force be with you, Mark. Yeah, I I think he kind of hit on some of the stuff that I really enjoy with in The Last Jedi. Is that he kind of did, like... Without in your face addressing some of the stuff, I feel like he did kind of address that stuff. He he kind of made uh, Snoke that asshole on the internet talking about Mary Sue this and Mary Sue that. 
Yeah. And that fucker got straight cut in half with a lightsaber. <clears throat> well, thanks for writing in, Mark. I hope you continue to do so. We like hearing from you. All right. Next up, we got our buddy Peter. Merry Christmas, guys. Just listening to your last Jedi reaction and the parts that made you emotional and thought you hit the nail right on the head. When Luke gives Leia the golden dice and kisses her on the forehead, then tell her that no one is really gone or something to that effect. I was fine until that damn John Williams Han Solo and the Princess theme started to play, and that's when I lost it. I was just thanking God that the music was was playing because I was blubbering like a baby. I have the same reaction to not just that part in the movie. Now it's any time I hear Leia's theme or Han and Leia's uh, like love theme or whatever. Han oh, Solo yeah. and the Princess. The other one, man, Twin Sons, gets me every time. You could play that over like a cat fart montage, and I'd get teary-eyed just because of the music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in total agreement with Will that he is number two, that this is number two behind Empire. I know just about every review you see from quote-unquote real Star Wars fans has said that this is the worst Star Wars movie ever because it didn't stay true to Star Wars story and didn't go in the direction they wanted the story to go. Wasn't that the one criticism of The Force Awakens? That it was too much like A New Hope and stuck to the same story beats? So along comes Ryan Johnson and he comes up with something really different and outside the box and new. And what happens? The quote-unquote real Star Wars fans tear it apart for not being Star Wars enough for them. You just can't win with those 20-something real Star Wars fans, can you? Buddy, uh... Sounds like Peter and I are on the same way. <laughs> it sure does. Sure does. File that under the same page as a Will Witten. Yeah. I don't like the term real Star Wars fan. I don't... It's just so shitty. To there be are like. so many different generations of us now that experienced so many different versions of Star Wars. You have to include everyone. You know, nobody's Star Wars experience is the same now. I'm talking from eight-year-olds to 50-year-olds. You know, everybody has a different introduction to Star Wars. It's all unique. And that's all fine. That's absolutely fine. Well, and There's no reason to hold anybody to one specific type of canon you know like yeah. this is the thing but just don't be a dick and be like do you like star wars then you're a quote-unquote real star wars fan that's all it takes Whether and i hate it when people give me the litmus test of like so what do you think about all that legacy stuff you know not being in extended universe yeah. the dude that sat next to me in uh, I don't think that we've ever talked about this. Let's keep going through emails. Uh, no, 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 no. This is, no, this is perfect, perfect, perfect tangent. Like Peter didn't really have a question; he just had a kick-ass email. What, what were we going to say? I haven't heard this story. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember the guy sitting down there? I know he was a chatty Kathy and was he trying to become your best chatty friend. Kathy. He was trying to be friends with anybody in the theater. Um, he was wearing realistically. A hat. He was wearing a fedora. You know, and uh, realistically, it's probably a kid that doesn't get out much. Maybe doesn't have a lot of social interaction, but uh, grilled me, gave me the 10th degree about Star Wars. When I first saw it, what my experience was like, what do I think of the new stuff? How much do I wish it was still the expanded universe? And I was just like, I I gave real middle of the road talk show host answers, you know, because I didn't want to go too much into it. I was happy to discuss Star Wars with the kid. You know, I don't want to be the asshole of the sin that's ignoring you. But he just kept going into it and talking about how much he missed that storyline. I'm like, oh, dude, I don't miss that. 
I don't miss that. It was good for what it was. If you miss that, go read the books. But I don't. I don't want them to make all of that into that. You know, I don't. I don't have nah. this hang up where where I need my canon to be what it was when I read in the books. It's. It was inevitable. If you wanted Star Wars sequel trilogy movies, it was inevitable. Inevitable that that stuff was going to get wiped out. Because let me tell you, if old Uncle George, Uncle Georgie Lucas made the sequel trilogy he would not have followed those books guys and you're crazy if you think he would have because he right. wouldn't have no hell no he absolutely and wouldn't plus have. every movie would be spoiled but before it was shot you yeah, know like, i don't i don't want star wars adaptions i want new star wars like because we live in this wonderful world that can get a little weird and convoluted sometimes of like everything is canon that's out now with books, comics and all that. Like I get those stories in that format. I don't need like, you know, an adaptation of the first 10 issues of the new star Wars comic. I've already got that story and it's there. Okay. So I, and I don't want that with legends books. So, you know, if you're expecting lots of crossover and like book characters and comic characters to show up in movies and stuff, eh, I wouldn't hold your breath. Yeah, no, hold your breath. Okay. So next up, we've got our buddy Brad H with a voicemail. Hey, Halls and Will. This is Brad H. Um, just calling in because uh, I've seen the film about five times now. Um, so I've uh, taken a couple notes on a couple of. Uh, Things that I noticed that <laughs> that I really like. Um, first things first, I'd like to preface this by saying, "Fuck you, Rotten Tomatoes." Fifty-six percent, my nuts. I don't know who's watching the film. I don't know who thinks Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, is fucking Mary Poppins. I ah, mean, that's bullshit. Because we've seen shit in this movie that we have never seen before. Stuff we've never even imagined. Um. And I'll just focus on the two key points that that I think were the most interesting to me out of that entire spectacle. One, we got to see Leia use the fucking Force, man. How long have we been waiting for this shit for? She used the Force in a way that we've never seen it done before. It was absolutely amazing how it played her theme when we thought that she was gone. And we, you know, obviously because Carrie Fisher's passing, we thought that that was it. No, man, she came back and she fucking just came right in there and, and she had to get back to her ship. She had to take charge. Man, that, that, that scene right there was absolutely amazing. And two, um, I guess three points. So two, the Kylo Ren racing. Just wow. Um, how it started off in slow motion and how those two were working in tandem. It's like... Yeah, I'm not going to say Raylo because I don't want to see them hook up. But I thought that they really did work so well together. And it was so heartbreaking that they just could not see eye to eye on where they stood with, with um, that is true. positions on the light and the dark. Um, if there's any indication that, that Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, is going to go to the light side, man, that that's in the garbage. He is the bad guy. And we've never seen a sitting dark side user off his master just because he didn't do it because he wanted to go to the light side. He did it because fuck you Snoke. That's why um, he did it because he, th 
I'm I'm under the impression that it, that Ben Solo killed Supreme Leader Snoke, not necessarily because he wanted to save Ray, but because he wanted to get rid of those shackles that that uh, Supreme Leader Snoke had him on. And then the last point um, <laughs> is is uh, Luke Skywalker at the end. We've never seen anybody do that. I've never heard of anything in any story or comic book where somebody was be able, has been able to project themselves in a meditative state to another side of the galaxy and basically fake everybody into thinking that he's there when actually he just clearly was, obviously he was not. We've all seen it multiple times by now, but uh, I don't know, man. I don't know how anybody, especially a hardcore Star Wars fan, could go into this movie and uh, think that it was a shit show. I don't understand. I, I mean, all of these things I'm reading online, they didn't see the same movie as me. Um, would I have loved to have seen Luke Skywalker kick some ass? Yeah, but you know what? This isn't Luke Skywalker from 1983. This is a guy who saw the destruction and the murder of a, of a massive amount of children. Very similar to what a lot of those Jedi Masters encountered on Coruscant at the Jedi Temple. I mean, only he witnesses this firsthand, and he lived and he lived to see it. Um, it's just an amazing movie. I can't wait to see what happens next. I have no idea what J.J. Abrams is going to do. Um, oh, God, you know, just another thing. The, the realization that Snoke is no is nobody, and even more so, uh, that Ray's parents were nobody. Um, I can't imagine a more fitting, especially with Ray, a more fitting uh, thing for her to just come from, you know, shitty parents, essentially. She's not royalty. Um, I think that we are so a lot of a lot of Star Wars fans, not necessarily we, but so many people think that you have to have this sort of lineage to being this great Jedi, and the midi chlorians from the prequels certainly muddied that up a little bit. It almost seemed like you had to be selective by the Force. You had to be selected by the Force in order to you know wield those skills. And what this movie and what Ryan Johnson has done is it's it's basically said. You know, regardless of where you come from, you can impact change in a very good and positive and forceful way. Um, no pun intended. So, you know, I'm not looking at this movie as a reset as much as it is an explanation going, not an explanation, but a way forward uh, to, to to just showing that people can do great things. Um, you don't have to come from some sort of uh, kingdom or, or, or a certain bloodline. It was just an amazing run. I, I The more I watch it, the more I love it. And I've said it before and I say it again. This is the first movie that I, a Star Wars movie that I have come out of just loving it right out of the gate. Um, and I love all the Star Wars movies. I really, truly do. But this one, I was just completely blown away with what Ron Johnson <laughs> did. Um I'm curious about what your thoughts are. I'm sorry this is running a little bit longer than what I anticipated, but uh, keep up the great work, guys. And I think I shot you an email, too, so uh, <laughs> you can disregard this one or the other one. Um, anyway, take care. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Well, thanks for calling in, buddy. Um, we we sync up, man. I feel... Although, you know, the one thing I would say is, like, he said, yeah, it would have been cool to see Luke Skywalker kick ass, <laughs> like... I think he did though. Like, yeah, he did. He physically kick someone's ass. No, but is I don't know. I I feel like he kicked mental ass. Well, I just feel like <clears throat> what's more kick ass than 
finding his way again and becoming the hero that we all knew him to be, that the galaxy knew him to be, to become like to embrace the idea of the legend of Luke Skywalker. Like one of the most important things Luke ever did was what he did on crate. It reignites the idea of Luke Skywalker throughout the galaxy. It becomes the spark. The spark they're talking about through the whole galaxy is Luke. He inspires the rest of the galaxy. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's badass. Did we see him physically kick someone's ass with the lightsaber? Nah, but you know what? But you don't I, have to. I can see if that. If I, people go back and listen to me before, before the force of, before the last Jedi, that's exactly what I wanted. Do you remember when I was like, I just want to see him use force power so powerful he doesn't even have to draw his lightsaber. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that's what, and that's what the fuck I got. I got exactly what the fuck I wanted. Yeah. But come on now. I agree. You, I mean, that's definitely what you got to see. And we got what I wanted to see was new force powers. And and they were well done. Like, I don't want Star Wars to become the Force Unleashed. That I don't know that I would dig seeing that on screen. Well, it was. Well, you're gonna see some more of it. I can guarantee. Was it badass to see in um, the games and to play in the games? Yeah, but I don't want Dragon Ball Z Star Wars. I don't want the end of the Matrix Three Star Wars. You know, uh, there's a where they don't level. use lightsabers anymore. No, I think, come on, man. Lightsabers are always going to be part of Star Wars. You know? I totally agree. I totally agree. I just, and maybe it's because I come from, like, the Dungeons and Dragons background, too, to see, like, a super wizard, you know, like a, an epic level wizard throw nuts. You know, th that's epic. You know, that's awesome. It's just cool. Yeah, but you got fantasy you got gandalf for that like star wars and you can have the star wars version of that no doubt we got that in the last jedi i fully feel like like we saw luke do some crazy shit in the force so crazy that it killed him yeah we um, got to see ray and kylo commune mhm mm mhm mm <laughs> um but yeah you couldn't i forgot what i was going to say i lost my train of thought other than I think Luke Skywalker was pretty badass. If I want to see him whipping ass with a lightsaber, that's what Return of the Jedi is for, man. You got a lot, and that's what comics are for, and books and guys. The story because Luke is dead does not mean the story. There's no more story for Luke Skywalker. We'll see him as a Force ghost. Well, I'm sure we'll have more Luke Skywalker stories. There's 30 years in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, like. There's plenty of time. You got badass Luke Skywalker in Battlefront 2. Badass Luke Skywalker in Battlefront 2. <clears throat> All right. So we're going to do one more voicemail and then call it an evening. We got a small number of emails after this, and we'll hit those up next week. So don't you guys worry. Um, we got King Tom to wrap it up for us. Last week's guest and fine damn-ass gentleman. Hey there, Haas and Will. King Tom here. I wanted to get your guys' opinion on something because I feel like I am being a particular jackass about an issue, but at the same time, it's one of those things that deep down inside you know I'm right about. See, everyone's you know talking about The Last Jedi, and a bunch of people are saying, well, at the end of the movie, Luke dies. My reaction, no, he doesn't. 
if you, you pay any attention to Star Wars, and I know a lot of the people who say this have been paying attention to Star Wars their whole lives, I'm not passing judgment or anything. Again, me, particular jackass. Luke becomes one with the Force. It's the goal of the Jedi, and Qui- or Yoda, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and now Luke, they have given themselves to the light and become one with the Force, the, which is the opposite of death. Um, so I'm trying to tell myself, don't be bugged when people say this, but at the same time, I feel like, well, they're one with the Force, they're not dead, and as long as Mark Hamill is still alive and wants to be part of the saga, we'll still see him. So what do you guys think about that? Also, I had a question um, for Chef Will, a culinary question, if I may. Chef Will, suppose you were stranded on an island, and there was this glorious creature with these swollen, utter balls of green milk, and you had a bountiful surplus of this green milk. Other than drinking it, what would you do with it? Would you, would you, find, would you try and find like culinary uses for this green milk? Like, would you make cream or cheese or butter or ice cream or shamrock shakes? What's your take on that? Anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for the great podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. So why don't you cover that uh, culinary question first, and then we'll talk about the whole becoming with the one with the force thing a little bit. You're damn right. I would make all that I could make. I'd make uh, green walrus cheese. I'd make butter. I'd make cream. I'd make ice cream. Make milkshakes. Make smoothies. I can totally see Will having like a little cave on the island that's like his cheese fermenting cave and goes in there every day and yeah. says, Ooh, this one's coming along. Nice. Let me cut some of the rind off. Try I'd be out. making uh I'd be making beer, like a milk stout or something like that. But- like if you're if you're a monk and you're gonna be spending all that time alone, I'm gonna make Trappist beer and Trappist cheese. um okay so yeah i mean i i agree with king tom they don't they don't die in the traditional sense like you know a lot of people sort of say oh well you know uh vader cuts obi-wan down as far as i understand the intention of that scene is that obi-wan disappears before he actually gets struck down he gives himself to the force, kind of like Luke does, but in a much you know smaller, less grand scale. Um, so, but it's also just like you know, yeah, they become with the, one with the force, but they also come back as a ghost. Like their physical body is definitely no more. So I, I think that's more of what people mean when they say, "Oh, Luke died," because in the physical form, in the in in you know the more traditional sense of living, he did. Um, but I agree, he he became one with the Force. Like, that's why they disappear. Um, and I guess, you know, I guess Yoda just does it, like, right before his physical body dies, because he definitely doesn't seem like he's in the best of health in the Force, away, or in uh, the... I, or I, think he, I think that's what he was making preparations for. Yeah. I think he knew that nap was going to be his fade out, fade to black. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying, is, like, like just before the last breath, he's like, "All right, one with the force, bitches." Um, but yeah, I uh, I agree with King Tom. It's just, it's like such a, it's just such an easy terminology to be like, "Yeah, well, Luke died, Obi Wan died, Yoda died," um, and they do carry on. That's what's cool is like, if Mark Hamill 
I assume Mark Hamill is, is down with being in episode nine. We'll see him then. If they continue the trilogy on and he wants to, I'm sure they'll bring him back. So I don't know. This is gonna, we'll never be without Luke in some form, whether it's in the future or in the past or whatever. The question I have, do you think Kylo Ren uh, sires children in between this movie and the next? I don't know. I don't really know. I, I guess that's one way you could take it where Kylo Especially has Especially if there's a time jump. Yeah. I don't know. That would be the only way to propagate the, Sky, the Skywalker blood. You know, I like the idea that Rey could be a, a Skywalker by association, by choice, adoption. Yeah, I... Like, it's okay with me if they don't continue on the quote-unquote Skywalker blood. If Kylo is the end of that story, then I'm all right with that. It, because, like, you know, I don't know. It's not like we're talking about King Arthur's blood nowadays, you know? He's a legend that had his time. and You know what I mean? Like, it's... I don't know. The, the, Hold on one second. Hold on one second, buddy. Yeah, so, sorry, we had a little technical difficulties there for a second. Yeah, I I just don't necessarily think you need to continue on the Skywalker bloodline. I mean, I don't think you do either. It's not necessary, but it's cool. Yeah, it is cool, but I kind of feel like, you know, the whole the whole idea of The Last Jedi is that it's time to to move on, sort of. Be it let, let Kylo letting go of Snoke or Rey letting go of the fact that her parents are nobodies and things like that. Luke letting yeah. go of his failure with Kylo and embracing the legend of Luke Skywalker. Like, I just feel like I totally get it. I just like the idea of the force being strong in a family. Yeah, that's fine. But that doesn't mean it can't be strong in Ray's family going forward or totally agreed. Yeah. You know, um, we'll see. We will see how that goes though. I was so sure that Ray was going to, if not be, a Skywalker was going to take the name Skywalker. And honestly, I don't know. Like at this point, if you look at the force awakens and the last Jedi, who would you feel like Ray would be more likely to take their name? Han solo or solo. Skywalker? Yeah. yeah I feel solo. like she had a better relationship with Han than she did Luke. Like that's the one thing. Like we never saw Luke and Ray necessarily be cool with each other. Like at an end point. And that could come in nine, but like, I feel like eight kind of left with Ray being like, all right, you won't take up the mantle. I'm leaving. And then they don't talk again. They don't see each other again. Uh, so I'm looking forward to and hoping that we see them a little closer in episode nine with old force ghost Luke. But buddy, I think that's going to wrap us up for tonight and this year. Guys, I want to take a second to thank you guys for, like I said earlier, a banner year for the Blue Harvest podcast. We got added to the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. We've had several episodes this year that have broken our download episode, our previous download uh, records. Our Force, of, our, our Last Jedi reaction did really, really well. And I can't thank you guys enough. And if you're new, if you're just hearing us for the first time, I hope you stick around. I hope you like our particular brand of bullshit because we like bullshitting with you guys. So thanks, guys. Thanks for all the support, all the iTunes reviews, the emails, the Twitter 
conversations. It's been a blast. And I look forward to 2018 and uh, where we can go from here. Here, here. Uh, check out the band that does our theme song. If you like our theme song, they're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Uh, and that'll do it. Until next year. <laughs> this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs>